Welcome to the INY podcast. Each week we will post the great messages that are preached at our Friday night services. So if you missed it or you just want to listen back again, this is the place for you. Let's get into it. Yeah, so good. Hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to be bringing the word tonight. You know why? Because I'm back from Africa. And I am going to tell you some cool stories that we had in Africa as well. Who actually wants to hear them? Like, actually. Oh, good. I'm glad you actually do because I feel bad if you don't. (laughs) But, yeah. Cool. Well, who knows who can actually tell me what we've been talking about this term? Like, this is a legit question. Like, hands up. Well, I mean, yes, technically Jesus. Heirs. There you go. And not like, air, but like, heirs as in you are in line to inherit all of this awesome stuff that God has for you. How sick is that? Pretty good. Well, there have been some really awesome messages over this turn, so I just want to do a little bit of a recap. But before I do that, I'm going to take my hat off because... I feel like you can't take me seriously with a pirate symbol on my head. (laughs) Uh, Hi there. But apparently it really goes with my outfit tonight. I look very sailor-ish, so it's good. It's good. It's great. Actually, before I do all of that, let's just pray, hey? Sweet. All right, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we are all pumped to be here. And God, I thank you that it is the end of school term. I thank you that we get to have holidays and relax. And God, I just pray that everyone has a really restful holidays, a safe holidays, and that we come back ready and pumped for term four. Nearly said term three, but God knows what term it is. Amen. All right, cool. Well, to start off the term... Matt spoke, and he spoke a really cool message about what an heir is and the fact that we have been adopted into God's family and that, you know, just like, you know, when Iva was born into our family, it's not like she had to earn it and do anything for it, but, she, you know, she was just a part of our family. And that means that what's ours is hers and, you know, and the same thing is for us in God's family, which is so cool. And then I spoke on family culture, that if we're going to be a part of God's family, that there's some things that that God asks us to do and the way that he asks us to act, which is good. You know, talked about how my family is a Marvel lover and we create Marvel lovers. So Iva's going to be a Marvel lover as well. Um, So, yes, thank you, Chris, for playing – Playing. Oh my goodness. Praying about Disney Plus. It's going to be great. Um, Sarah, a couple of weeks ago, she spoke about while I was in Africa, but guys, I listened to the podcast. Woo! Cheeky plug there for the podcast. So if you haven't subscribed and liked it and reviewed us and given us five stars, then get on it. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> podcast. That was <laughs> really. Uh, sorry, guys. Look, I'm a bit sicky, so, you know. Um, cool. Yeah, so Sarah, she spoke about being children of God as well and knowing that we are children of God, knowing our worth, and then how that should actually change our lives. And then we had some special guests a couple of weeks ago as well. Maria, legend. Um, she spoke on if we truly actually believe that we are God's heirs, 
then why don't we have a dream? Why don't we actually do something about it and actually take the power that we have and just go and dream and actually have a God dream in our heart that we have faith for and, and um, yeah, what are we believing God for? And then, of course, Leo last week killed it so good, um, spoke about worship, which kind of isn't related to the theme, so I'm not going to go into it, but if you didn't, if you missed out, it is on the podcast, so make sure you go and check it out. Not going to try again. (laughs) Um, You know, I am loving this topic, and I think the main thing that I've learnt through it is that if I truly am an heir of God, like if, right, and I truly actually believe that, who actually believes that? Like, just, yeah. I actually believe it. That's good. And if you don't actually believe it, then hopefully tonight, by the end of my message, you will. If I truly believe that, then it should change everything. It should change the way that I live. It should change the way that I see myself. It should change the way that I treat other people. And even the way that I see and view my life as a whole and why I'm here on this earth. Why? Why should it change everything? Well, because... This whole thing is actually not about me. It's not about me earning my right to become an heir of God, is what Matt talked about in the first week. And it's not about what, um, sorry, (laughs) it's not about me earning my right as an heir of God, but it is actually simply about what God did for me in adopting me as his child. And there is nothing that I can do or will do that will change that. And when I come to accept that, that is when I will truly begin to live like an heir of God's kingdom. How cool is that? So we read in Romans 8, 15 to 17, which is our key verse for the term. It says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. And you know, um, back in week two, I talked about this family culture that we should have, and I kind of pulled it apart a little bit. Um, But I want to highlight um, verse three in Matthew five, and it says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It's a bit of an odd verse, but Jesus is basically saying that the people that will inherit the kingdom of God that's an heir, realise that they don't have it all together and they realise that it's completely not about them or up to them, but it's simply about what has been done for them. And I got asked this question earlier this week and I want to ask it to you as well. And I'll ask you again at the end. Is Jesus enough? I want you to think about it. You can write it down if you want. Is Jesus enough for you? And then I want to go a little bit deeper and ask on top of that, if nothing changed in your life from today, would Jesus still be enough? And then I want to go a little bit further and ask, if you lost everything, is Jesus truly enough? 
And that question challenged me when someone asked me that. And I was like, hmm, that that's a good question. Because in theory, we kind of should believe that, you know, that Jesus is enough. But what if it actually happened? What would I say then? Is Jesus enough? You know, we need to be reminded of our desperate situation without Jesus all the time. And if we can remind ourselves of what our life looks without him, it will actually cause us to cling to him. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I told you, I had the privilege of going over to Burundi in the heart of Africa. So awesome. And I learned some lessons from these beautiful people about this very thing. Jesus was all that they had. And so he was all that they needed. And, you know, I'm not just talking about the adults either. Like we, we ran a widow's camp, we ran a children's camp, we ran a youth camp and we ran a young adults camp. So we experienced like the full range of any age that you could possibly be. Like I met this really old widow and she was the sweetest thing ever. And then, you know, we were playing around at lunchtime with these little kids who would laugh at my accent. I, actually, I tell everyone this story, so I'm sorry if I've already told you, but I realised how Aussie my voice is when I was teaching them some English words. They were teaching me their language in Kurundi and I was teaching them, like, they'd, you know, say what the name of, like, nose was. And then, so I'd try and say their language and then I'd say nose and then they'd go, nose. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realise how Aussie I was, but apparently I am. So there you go podcast. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we ran a youth camp with young people just like you. And the coolest thing that Christina and I realized was that we were actually running the youth camp. The morning that we started, it would have been the same time that you guys were having youth. It was so cool. I was like, this is so fun. So I literally got up and I was like, guys, back in Australia, we have a bunch of young people having something like this Exactly now. So cool. Anyway, sorry. I was just excited about that. Um, yes. So we ran a youth camp and their faith and passion for Jesus was astounding because these are young people who a lot of them have at least, at least lost one of their parents, if not both of them, to war and disease and hunger and dirty water. And it is difficult for a lot of them. Their life is hard. It's difficult for them to go to school. It's difficult for them to um, study because now they have more responsibility at home, either working for the family or looking after their young siblings so that the mother can go to work um, or they're trying to provide for their own family if they've lost both of their parents. Um, And so they were looking after their whole family on their own with no one to look out for them. And so I want to tell you tonight three lessons I learnt from the orphans. Okay, so if you're taking notes, there you go. Three lessons from the orphans. And the first one is, they were truly poor, but they were truly rich. They had nothing. And when I say nothing, like I mean nothing. They had the clothes on their backs And the food that we provided them for lunch during the camp was probably the first time that they'd eaten that day. I'm not joking. And, you know, um, in the widow's camp, sorry, they had nothing and yet they had everything because they had Jesus. So they were truly poor, but in their heart of hearts, they knew that they were truly rich. And 
I left feeling very convicted. And, you know, in the widow's camp, um, the widows actually took up an offering. And, you know, it sounds funny because you're asking poor people who literally have nothing to actually give an offering to go and help poorer people than them. Amazing. And during these offering times, it happened once in the widow's camp and once when we went to visit a church, they were singing and dancing and so happy and so excited because it was a time that they got to reflect on all that God had given to them. Whoa. And what do I do? I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. I really, really want some chicken chippies from the cafe tonight. You know? like, But, you know, they were reflecting on all that God had given to them. And they were happy to be used by God to help others. Wow. So I want to show you um, this first video, which is of the offering being taken up. And they're carrying these big baskets on their heads. You can start playing it, but I'm going to keep talking. These big baskets on their heads and they're singing and dancing. And these baskets literally weighed like maybe like three or four kilos. Like I'm not kidding. Like it was, they were heavy like when I picked them up. And they're like dancing around. It's so cool. You can turn some volume up if you want. I don't know. Is it set up? Good. Don't stress if it's not. Okay. Well, we'll fix it for the next video. That's fine. Oh, oh hello. There we go. Yeah. So they're just having so much fun giving away their food that they have. Wow. Why? Because Jesus, they had Jesus, and so they recognised how rich they were in their lives. Wow. These people had nothing, and they gave. They were generous with whatever they had to give, and they trusted that God would bless them in whatever way that was. And they felt blessed even just coming to the, the camp, let alone, you know, having food to put on the table or whatever it was. So there's also another video that I want to play in a moment. And this um, song, which I think Matt played to you guys while we were over there, um, they played this same song each time we gave out gifts at the end of the camp. And I loved it because I can't understand the words, but I can feel in this song that it's praising God for the blessing, for his provision, and probably for the things that they haven't even received yet. But this is a song that they're singing because we gave them a scarf as a gift. I love that. I Like, that is one of my favourite songs that they sung, don't you reckon? Oh, it makes me actually... Whew. Anyway, you know, in um, Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13, this is Paul talking, and, you know, he knew what this was like. He said, not that I was ever in need, or for... Oh, wait, what? That doesn't even make sense. No. Oh, that's right, because he's, he's writing to the Philippian church, and he's like, thank you so much for your support and your... Um, support. (laughs) Um, And then he says, I don't know what other words, sorry. Um, 
And it says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And you know, this is Paul. He went through some crazy stuff in his lifetime. And you know, I just think, what if we lived this way? What if we lived to be generous with our lives, not to show off and not to be you know, boastful about ourselves. But what if we live to be generous in our lives simply because we knew the supplier? We knew that we had unlimited resource in Jesus. Yeah? So the second thing that I learned from these orphans was that they had limited knowledge, but unlimited faith. Limited knowledge, but unlimited faith. You know, I want to tell you um, a few stories of some of the orphans that I chatted to. Um, I met a young boy his name was Danny and he was 14 and he had just finished grade four and he was about to go into grade five because what happens in Africa is you can't move through the grading system until you have passed a certain grade. So he had been trying again and again at this silly grade four and he just couldn't get past it. But, you know, he came to me for prayer and he said, I just really need some help because <laughs> I can't get past grade four. And, you know, you've got to remember a lot of these kids can't read, they can't write, they are, you know, they have nothing. Um, and, you know, he had faith to go, God, I know that you care about my small needs, you know, but I think about us like, you know, yes, we have schooling system, but it is nothing like that. And it, it literally hinders them from progressing on in their life. And even in the young adult camp, there were like pretty much all of them, bar like maybe 15 to 20, were still in school. Like, and only like 15 to 20 of them had actually moved on and gotten jobs or were studying at college or university, like crazy stuff. So they had limited knowledge but unlimited faith to believe God for these awesome things. Lots of young boys who were like 16 to 17, they came for prayer because their businesses were failing and they're asking God to bring blessing back onto them because they had to provide for their family. There were young women that we prayed for who were just around the 18, 19 mark and they needed to find a husband. They needed God's help to find someone who wasn't just going to take advantage of them for a night, but actually a good man that they could marry and have a family with and, and you know, that could help sustain them and look after them. They're asking God for these things. You know, all of these young people were facing crazy situations. And I'll tuck the photo up on the screen. Um, a lot of these young people, oh, sorry, not a lot, all of these young people in this picture, um, they, they run what's called an orphan-led home where both of their parents have died and they are now in charge of their siblings and they run their own home. So they have to provide for their families and different things. And so we had the opportunity to actually pray with them and minister with them um, to fill their cup and to just fill them back up and say, you know what, this moment is about you. <laughs> and it's not about providing for your family. It's not about responsibility. It's about you. And, you know, that is nothing like what we would go through over here. But yet their faith in God to see miracles happen in their lives and their families was honestly unlimited. They didn't understand why they were facing certain situations. They didn't know why God allowed this to happen to them. 
why their parents died, but their faith stood strong. And they weren't about to walk away from God. They were actually running to him in the hard times and trusting his plan and his purpose. You know, I need to learn to do this too. Instead of questioning God and going, why God? You know, I need to learn to go, you know what? I just trust you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, in the message version, it says, I know what I'm doing. This is God speaking. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. And I want to be able to say that I truly, truly believe that verse. So number three that I learned from the orphans, we have number one, they were truly poor, but they were truly rich. Two, they had limited knowledge, but unlimited faith. And three, they were abandoned by man but accepted and adopted by God. And I will never forget after one of my talks that I did, um, I was telling them that God is a good father and that, you know, he is their good father, that he accepts them and he loves them and he's adopted them and that they may have been let down or deserted by their earthly parents, but they are not orphans because God is their father. And a whole bunch of orphans, and I have a very short video because I only captured the last like sentence of it, a whole bunch of orphans were yelling at the top of their lungs in their own language, Jesus is my father, Jesus is my father. And here they are standing there going, God, I'm accepted by you, I'm adopted by you. And they are living and standing in this truth and this realisation of, whoa, I don't have earthly parents. They left me, they abandoned me, they got killed. But Jesus is my father. You know, whoa, crazy. We can play that really quick video. Yeah, in Psalm 27 verse 10, it says, Even if my, mother, my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. And I love that because it rings so true in those camps. You know, they were poor, they were abandoned, and yet they had faith in a good God and their place in his family. And this changed the way that they lived. It changed the way that they treated others, the way that they saw themselves, and their lives reflected this truth. I'll get the team to come if that's okay. You know, we talk about all the time God being our Father and that we are heirs to His kingdom and we're part of His family. And I just don't think that it changes us too much. Because our lives don't look very different. We still think badly about ourselves. We treat others horribly because we don't feel like anyone's got our back. And if we don't look out for ourselves, then we'll be taken advantage of. But these people get it. They still had questions. They still had nothing. Their situations were nothing like what we face. And yet they took this truth for what it was, and they let it change their lives and then spill over into the people around them. Wow. Jesus was enough for them. And their place in God's family was enough for them. And now I want to come back to this question. Is Jesus enough for you? 
is Jesus enough for you? And not just the surface level enough, like, yeah, Jesus, I love you. You know, yes, you do love him. But are you going to actually let this truth penetrate enough into your heart that it actually changes who you are and how you live? Because we can hear a really cool, you know, term theme on I am a part of God's family and I am an heir of God's kingdom. But listen to what that actually means. Like, actually let that sink in for a moment. You are adopted by God. You know what that means? You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about being stingy and looking out for yourself because God's got it. You don't have to worry about how many friends you have. Why? Because the King of Kings is your friend. The God who created the whole earth is your friend. Like, Do you get it? Like, is it sinking in? Like, this is the thing that I realised. These people, they just get it. They, they don't question it. They don't stand there going, oh, but, you know, I don't know everything about God. Oh, but, you know, my... There's hard things happening in my life at the moment. Oh, but, you know, I've been looking for a job and I can't find one. Oh, but, you know... They're not standing there going, God, but why? They're standing there going, okay... If that's what you're saying, if that's what you're saying, if that's what the Bible says, then I'm going to take it. And here are these people with nothing, with no one. And are we going to get that desperate, that we can truly stand before God and say, Jesus, you are enough for me. If nothing changed from today, you are enough for me. If I lost everything in my life, you are enough for me. Because when this truth actually sinks in and you actually let it penetrate into your heart, it will change you. It will change the way that you live. It will change the way you see yourself and it will change the way that you treat others because God is it. Yeah? Can we all stand for a moment? And I don't want to do anything super fancy But I just want to have a minute to just say, Jesus, you are truly enough for me. So if you can, would you close your eyes and raise your hands super high? If this is something that you want to declare, that you want to just say, yep, I'm taking that truth. It's mine. And would you just tell him in your own words, Jesus, you're enough for me. Jesus, you are enough for me. I don't care if everyone deserted me on this earth. Even if I'm hungry, even if I'm starving, you are enough for me. And God, let that change the way that I live. Let that truth sink in tonight. That I don't have to worry. I don't have to look out for myself. I don't have to treat others badly. I can be generous. Because Jesus, you are enough for me. Yeah.